So I think everyone's gone way too off the deep end about is mass formation psychosis happening or is it not? It's like, I don't know, that was one dude's attempt to describe a phenomena he saw. I, I personally, I don't think he did the best job describing it. Um, so I don't really like his definition and I really don't like his term, but that doesn't mean there's not something going on. Coming all the way from Minneapolis to Washington, D.C., we now bring you Enter the Freud. This podcast is for entertainment only and not intended for medical purposes. Listen at your own risk. Uh, well, I, I got a, a even better story similar to this. Uh, so I flew to Colorado to go skiing. And when we got to the um, airport in Montrose, Colorado, which is a little town and a little airport, I'm wearing a mask, of course, because in yeah. the airports and in the airplanes, they're super intense about wearing masks. You know, the, 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 the flight attendants will kind of bark at you if your mask slips down a little bit. So I get to the airport in Montrose and I go up to the rental car counter and I notice the woman... And it's in the, their airport is so small that the rental car thing is right there in the airport, right by the baggage claim. And I'm wearing my mask, of course, and she's not. And then I notice all the other rental car people who are in the airport are not wearing masks, which shocked me. And so I said oh, to yeah. her, I said, yeah, oh, yeah. Do, do we not have to wear masks in this airport? And she's like, not unless Biden's going to get his ass over here and try to make me. <laughs> <laughs> and no then way. a few minutes later i walk over um to the baggage claim and there's some flight attendant person there my mask has kind of like fallen down she's like you need to put your mask up and i was like whoa and i was like but the re- the, the rental car lady just told me i didn't have to and she's like this is a federal airport and we're under federal orders for federal safety and i'm like whoa man we got some intense divisions right you're just like 30 feet apart in one airport <laughs> Yo, yeah. that's crazy. Like, I, it's great to point that out, right? And then when you see how it plays out into this, I mean, this is, it's, we're, we're like gradually getting into the criteria of this so-called mass formation yep. psychosis, right? Like in that, do you want to just run down the criteria really quick about like this mass formation thing? Yeah, I wrote you it go, down. go for it. Go. Do you, re- I kinda do you remember, remember it? You go for it. All right, man. So, so apparently the first cri- there there's like four criteria that a group has to meet to fall under this type of hypnosis or whatever they whatever it is we're calling it. And the first one is a lack of bonds, like a lack of a, a lack of social cohesion, the feeling that yep. you're part of something, right? And it, the dilemma with this is it's not new as a part of America and American society. They're, everyone's kind of claiming that oh this is a new phenomenon with COVID. Yeah, it, it, it really got exaggerated with COVID, but the average American only had one friend prior to COVID. I, I'm not kidding you. I, I know that's, that's crazy, yeah, but it's I, true. I, in, I think it was in, like, in the year 2000 or nine, yeah, 2000, the average American mm. had three friends. And then by 2020, they wow. had one friend. So yeah, the the, the just like and, is, I kind of want to use the word isolation, social or interpersonal isolation. Yes. Yep. There you go. That's that's much better. I like that's easy. Okay, number two is a lack of meaning and purpose, right? As um, you know, psychologists have been charging after the the pursuit of finding meaning it, all the way since the beginning, and it, it's uh, it's most obviously pointed out in our boys 
book, Man's yep. Search for Meaning. Victor, Fra- Victor Frankl. Right, yeah. there's the title. It, yeah, that's right, Victor Frankl. And so so the next one, number three, is where I really have some, some conflict, but I'm not going to get into it. It's this free-floating yep. anxiety, right? And, and that description itself is flawed, where it's like, oh, you have some anxiety that, that doesn't have a mental representation, that that's the description being used, and that and it's so it's so hard for people to comprehend what that is, and so even the guys describing this, um, in in the in the discussions I talked about the the so-called experts, they're they're talking about oh well there's this anxiety that's not really attached to anyone. You can't figure out where it comes from. It's not attached to fear of elevators or planes or or snakes, right? And so then all of a sudden it gets attached to the virus, right? It gets attached to some common thing. And then I'm like, well, it's not free, free floating. And the idea that anxiety is free floating, well, it's argue, it's potentially an argument that all anxiety is free floating, right? And if, if you have an actual fear of something, that's a fear. It's not anxiety, right? Like I'm afraid of skiing down this really steep thing. That's not anxiety. You're really yep. afraid because you might actually yep. get hurt. But I don't want I don't want to get into that. And the fourth one is like some some type of of amorphous anger and aggression. And that one no one talked about. Uh-huh. Like no no one in their description. It kind of was just like the fourth everyone, category. Everyone ah, nobody that because it. it wasn't didn't conveniently fit anywhere. Yeah, it didn't. It, they're just like, oh, never mind. But that just to be clear, that those are the criteria, and um, I guess what what okay. do you, yeah, what's here's your my reaction about- to as you're reading the criteria. Here's my reaction. Result, and there's tons of cognitive research that shows this is when you're when you're highly anxious or when you're extremely fearful, your ability to think in nuance and in complexity goes way down. Um, and yes. so that's, I think, a big part of what people are talking about, um, like when these people are, are, are claiming there's a mass formation psychosis, um, is the ability to think complexity and, and to kind of have nuanced arguments or like, hmm, what are you talking about? You? That goes way down. And I want to be sympathetic to the people who are really scared of COVID and who are really judgmental and and righteous and shaming around vaccines. I want to be sympathetic to them because they're terrified for their life or they're terrified for the life of their 95 year old grandpa. And, and so when they're scared, their thinking gets more tunnel visiony and they think, all right, I don't want my grandpa to die or I don't want to die. And so all, all we need to do is everyone needs to wear fucking masks or everyone needs to get vaccinated. And it's, it's, it's charged with an yeah. intense like survival safety thing. Um, so I do think we need to be sympathetic to that. However, the problem is, um, there's, here's one good way of describing the problem, is there's a principle in medicine of, and also psych- psychology, um, of informed consent. And it's like, if you, porn, if you have a, um, a, a sickness and you come to me and I'm the doctor, I could be like, okay, porn, well, I think uh, the treatment should be we should remove your gallbladder, but I want you to know the pros and cons of removing the gallbladder. The pros are this and the cons are yeah. this. And think about it, go sleep on it, maybe do some of your own research and decide whether or not you want me to remove your gallbladder because there's pros and cons and we don't really know. 
Okay, so that's this idea of informed consent. And it's sort of like, it, it's, it's this complex thinking of weigh the pros and cons. And part of the atmosphere now, which is uh, pissing a lot of people off, and I don't blame them, and getting them to, to start using this term mass formation psychosis, is there's a big sector of people that are not wanting to allow anyone informed consent. It's like, get the fucking vaccine, because I said so, you motherfucker. And don't oh. question anything, and definitely don't put a YouTube video up that questions the vaccines, because YouTube will censor you, and don't tweet about it, because Twitter will take you down, and we'll all shame you if you, quest if, you if you do this questioning. And that questioning is actually like a central part of medicine. But, su but suddenly now, because yes. of this um, intense fear uh, response that people have had, and I don't blame them for, now questioning and informed consent is like not okay, and you're like a bad person if you want to like get informed about the thing. Two. Okay, so for role play number one, I'm going to be the pro-vaxxer, and you're going to be the um, yeah. skeptical vaxxer, okay? Okay, so... Yeah, totally. Uh, and let's pretend we're in the same room. Uh, so, dude, like, um, I, I, I was going to hang out with you, but I just want to make sure, are, are you vaccinated? Because I don't know if I want to hang out in the same room with you until I know if you're vaccinated or not. Well, obviously, it's, like, important for me to have my own opinion well, about on, this. Hold on, dude. What are you, right? what, like, what, so you're not even going to answer my question? You're going to, like, deny me uh, knowing whether or not I'm safe in the room with you? Well, look, as much as you're not being, as much as you feel you're not being safe, I actually have to, uh, like, I'm seriously worried about my freedoms, man. Like, the, the way that you're even coming at me right now is seriously alarming. I didn't expect and, you to and be it, like Yeah, this. and, it, it's, and like, it's alarming to me that I'm even in the same room as you, not knowing if I'm going to, like, catch this fucking deadly virus. It, look... I, I didn't come at you like this, and it kind of feels like I, I I don't I don't really know where where this is going because you're you're clearly attacking me, bro. And I'm I'm like like I didn't even get to like say hey man like like you know me you know about my you know about how I am and I kind of have this internal rebel thing. It's important, you know. That's my I, persona, I, bro. Hold on, let's try to swap like, roles now. I'm just going okay, to finish totally. your sentence. Dude, you know that's my, like, thing <laughs> that I do. I like to question everything. And, like, for someone to come and a society to come and just tell me I have to do X, my I'm not the kind of person that just does X. I want to, like, figure it out for myself. Dude, you're, this thing you have that you keep questioning everything, it's seriously, like, endangering people's lives, and you don't even think well, that's well, important. But you're, like, so, you, so, you're, like, certain it's endangering people's lives, but I'm trying to look at the data, and the data suggests it's not endangering people's lives as much as you're saying it does. Yeah, that, look... That each, I can, as many experts as you can pull out and show me, I can show you twice the opposite of how much, how many people are dead every single place you go. Like, dude, like, you don't even know the statistics in other countries, man. They can't even count it. It's so insurmountable, bro. Millions, <laughs> millions. Like, what do you think this is? All right, dude, let's pause. But I don't know. I really enjoy that for some reason. <laughs> dude, it's just like, it's, it's funny being in a being in that outspoken position that otherwise you Dude, and I and would you know never what? assume. It kind of fucking feels good. 
it's I kind of I kind of get like this adrenaline charge of I'm right. It's, and I think it's a primitive psychological thing. And it's almost like going into playing in a sport or like in a boxing match. Like you and I step oh, into yeah, the yeah. boxing ring and I know what I'm going to do. And, I, and I'm certain and I have meaning and I have a direction. It fucking feels good. Yes. Dude, yeah. that was crazy. You're right, man. And, and it's like, it's like. The, the rules of how you're supposed to behave are so fucking yep. easy to identify. It's yep. so easy, right? That's, I think that's really weird because I don't really ever take a position like that. I'm never so certain about that because it, it's like my certainty imposes on you. That's where this becomes a real strange observation that I have to work with a lot of my patients when I'm trying to get them to be assertive in the way that you and I were both being very assertive in that conversation. But you have to be careful not to be so assertive that it's at the expense of the relationship you're in. Like if you just go around and tell people like your wife or your your husband, your kids, no, you don't do this. And you make these just like serious outward demands that are like there, there is no negotiation and it's not something like yep. well you'll kill yourself it's just like it, you make these harsh demands <laughs> well it alienates yeah, people instantly totally. and it's not this has been going on since the beginning of time right like being too assertive and ruining things but whatever i i don't want to take away from the fucking like brilliant observation you just made that like when when you adopt that position of righteousness, it fucking feels good. It fucking feels. <laughs> I, I actually was enjoying. Yeah, that man. Shit. I'm like, ooh, this fucking feels good. Yeah, that was weird. It's like a totally different position than this hyper analytic like position we're falling back into. Yep. Even just describing yep. it. Okay, so let's right, use that, the, these observations to go back to this uh, mass formation psychosis term and. Okay, so my theory is there is definitely something happening on a mass psychological level, um, but that psychosis is definitely not the right word to describe it. Um, but something is going on, and when we did that role play right there, I could feel I could feel this polarized thing happen between you and me, and in and in both yeah. roles, I assumed I could feel a righteous certainty, and I want to. I want to defend my truth and I want to defeat you by showing you that my truth is the truth. And, and then I could, yeah. and then I can feel that Did, ideological place that I'm in. I can feel how I want to like get together with my gang of people who's agrees with me and come and like prove you wrong and steamroll you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, did you notice like within one minute we went from like that, this like neutral place to a highly charged emotional totally. spewing in one minute. Yeah, and, and we're just hard. playing. I, when we were in it, I was hard for me to not interrupt your ass. I, I, I just wanted to fucking interrupt <laughs> you right away. As soon as you started talking, I wanted to... Cause I'm so fucking <laughs> wrong, right? I'm totally. obviously so wrong. No. And it doesn't matter which oh, side dude. I'm on. It didn't matter which side. I wanted to fucking interrupt you and show you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is strange. It's such a strange observation. And so I think when I hear these people talk about mass formation, even if like, cause I don't even think that guy actually said mass formation psychosis. I think that that was the other guy talking to Rogan. I, I think the dude from Belgium 
actually called it mass formation. And he's oh. talking about like, um, he, he's talking about mob yeah. psychology and, yeah. and group psychology, right? So it's a social, it's, it's like an offshoot of social psychology, which is already a really fringe part yeah. of psychology anyway, right? And so the research in that, it just reminds me of all the early stuff like the Stanford prison experiment, the Milgram yep. experiment where they shock people. And then, you know, there, there's that other famous one where, where someone's being attacked and nobody goes to help them, right? And each one, is, it's just looking at how susceptible we are totally. to social pressures, right? That, that, it's like this yep. need to conform. And, and that's been, it's been really easy to identify for yep. researchers for a while. And now here we are, and it, it, it helped me out. It was this discussion of, of mass formation psychosis attempting to describe that phenomenon that we just acted out. This like super polarized More or less, but the people that, using the term, um, and I have mixed feelings about this. The, okay, so the people who, th- there was two super famous doctors that were both on Rogan, Peter McCullough, and Roger Malone. Peter McCullough was on like a few weeks ago and Roger Malone was on like last week. And they both used the same term. Yeah. Um, and that what they're describing is what they see as the, the like pro-vax campaign they're saying is so fixated on that um, Fauci um, message that they are totally unopen to considering more complexities in the argument. And and so that the Fauci army, they say, just has this uh, super intense tunnel vision and they're not willing to consider anything but every, but only things that totally fit the party line. Um, and they're, so they're essentially calling that a mass formation psychosis. Uh, and again, I think the word psychosis is wrong, but I do think that there's some super highly charged tunnel vision going on um, and then the thing that yes. Joe Rogan, I think, says a lot, and I think there's a lot of truth to it, is that um, censorship and preventing open discussion just is highly problematic for a lot of reasons. Um, and then the counter argument is, well, if we're not safe and people are wanting... I guess the counter argument is they say anything that creates vaccine hesitancy is bad because we don't want people hesitating about the vaccines because the vaccines are going to keep us safe. Um, and, and discussion is kind of a hesitant thing. Um, and informed consent is kind of a hesitant thing. And the dude, I'm, I'm hesitating to speak right now, right? Like on this subject, it's like each thing that comes up to my, to my, like forefront where I'm about to say it, I'm like, no, that's not, don't say that. Uh, and don't say that. And, and don't say that. And like, it, this is actually a, a, a kind of a struggle where there's this like hyper censorship happening internally yep. as, as a result, which then <clears throat> it's kind of like, like if you're, if you're intellectual at all, you're running several filters yep. already. And if you add more onto it, that kind of a delay in your speech is observable to the audience. And it starts to actually create conflict with people when you say like, hey, what do you think about this? And the person gives you like one, two, and then they respond. There's a, there's a, there's a noticeable delay of censorship. And that's like, it's really fucking yeah, weird. Absolutely. Right? And it's part of the atmosphere that's going on. Okay, so let's try to, we don't have too much time, so let's try to 
you and me both describe what we see is going on. Well, I guess I kind of already did. It's well, you, you drew attention to the social pressure thing that was evident in those famous experiments that humans want to conform and we want to find a group yes. that we can belong to and identify with and then we're going to conform to that group. So that's one super powerful thing that's going on. Then there's the thing I was talking about, about yep. black and white thinking for survival safety. Either you're with us or against us. You're, you're on the good guys yeah. or you're on the bad guys. So I want to find the good guys associate with the good guys and either kill the bad guys or stay away from them or defeat them or imprison them. And so there's this black and white thinking. So those two things. And then the third one kind of related to these two is when we have anxiety or fear, we don't like uncertainty or complexity or ambiguity. We want certainty. And so, and so yeah, I think those definitely. things are creating this mass phenomenon of, um, us versus them and we're certain and we have the truth and we're going to fucking stomp out anything that is um, uh, not in line with that. Yeah, so when you when you start to really play with this definition and you don't obsess on the fact that it's obviously not psychosis because the definition of psychosis no. doesn't fit at all, right? So, so that's just a terrible misuse of the word. But yes, the phenomenon you point out is absolutely... Yep occurring where there there is a, a definite drive towards the, the most obvious and easier thing to discriminate against right you can see like well this is the the right thing to do versus the wrong thing there's there's an intense drive towards that in the same way that in any crisis situation that becomes the most important thing to do right and and that's why this is such a fundamental psychological phenomenon that's easily observed where you take a subject and you put you you put them under some form of stress and then give them psychological tests and they can't perform well and you're just like wow what it what a silly thing how many thousands of times do you have to do that experiment before you see that you you experience cognitive yep. distortions and they even they yep. categorize them all there's like 15 it's like 50, super easy to yep. identify each one right there's no need to get into any of that but it it's it's so easily identifiable and then to have someone sit there and try to argue that, oh my God, this isn't actually occurring. We aren't actually, there, there's just too many, uh, I guess, red flags coming up um, with, with the definition for me. But, but it's, it, the simple phenomenon itself seems so obvious. And then when, when people make these comparisons through time, and they try to say, oh, it's like racism in America, it's like Nazi Germany. I think that's a terrible disservice to really what's oh, happening yeah. right now. Because nobody understands the depth of what was happening back then. And to, to make the comparison kind of muddies the water of our immediate experience of like this mm -hmm. discussion right now. right? It, we keep trying to filter it through these other experiences that we don't know much about it, it would be similar to saying hey you know look at how many how much weird division there is in india and it's like well as soon as we go to india and we start dealing with the caste system and if you're brahmin or if you're kshatriya or if whatever you are and then you think like oh have you you have no idea what mob mentality is like until you uh. see indian mobs right like some some Muslims will attack some Hindus and then all across the nation they people who they have no idea who the original people were but Hindus will go out in in these 
mobs and just look any Muslim they find, they just beat wow. potentially to death. Right? Like that's a real mob mentality. But <clears throat> notice what disservice that is because we're not doing yeah. that at all here. Like that looks closer to psychosis than what we're talking about in and this And the other discussion. experience you have that I kind of was interested to get your um, insights on because of your experience is um, like one example people use for mass formation psychosis is cult type thinking. There'll be a, a, cult, a cult leader oh, yeah. who kind of succeeds at getting this large group of people to follow him. And then in the most extreme con uh, uh, cases, the leader will convince everyone to kill themselves. And the idea is that, wow, yeah. this was a, an amazing mass formation hypnosis or influence to the most extreme degree, which that has happened a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, who uh, it's, it, again, I don't want um, people to think, oh, we have to figure out exactly what's going on. So you just described the mob mentality that's going on in, that happens in India from religious fighting. I'm, I'm now bringing up this cult thing. There's what's happening in America with the COVID thing. There's what happened in the Nazi Germany thing. And I don't know if, I'm sure they're all different in some ways and there's probably some similarities going on and who knows, but we're just trying, we humans and we psychologists and sociologists and everyone, we're trying to figure this shit out. So what's, what, yeah. what, what goes on in your experience and cause you've watched this happen when people get kind of led by a guru cult leader, what's that? And is that related to any of the stuff we're talking about? It's absolutely related. So um, I have really, really close connection to three cults. Um, through Well, I had connection and, and I don't anymore. But as a kid, I was involved with three cults at the same time, strangely. Um, Scientology, of course, is, the, is a really famous one, but then I, I was part of 3HO, which is American Sikhism, and then part of a Hindu cult in Florida, and I guess it was New York, Florida. It's kind of a, um, a big following of Guru Ma, and so each one of them has this kind of prolific figure at the head who then, uh, you know, has some kind of dynamic personality that that is larger than life truly right like a cult can't exist without that kind of a figurehead each one i i was well scientology the guy was already dead by the time i got there so they had this other little dude in charge um dave miscavige but the main dude was already gone but miscavige himself was already he he's a, he's like a, the same prototype so there's a guy at the head but then it it doesn't within the cult itself there's like these descriptions kind of assume that all the people following the cult fit a certain personality type. It's not true at all. Within the cult, there's the, the full vast array of people that follow it. And, and a total, de depending on the criteria, some of these cults only accept really intelligent people, right? If you're stupid and you can't hmm. do much, well, you can't be in the cult. You're, you're kind of yep. kicked to the sidelines. You don't get to be in the inner circle unless you are massively capable of achieving in this world. You just achieve towards their specific yeah. criteria. But so a group cohesion happens as you're told that we, the cult, are doing this magnificent thing and the outside world of fear and the commoners. It's so it's like there's, there's multiple things that lead you to not want to be yes. out with the others, right? They are less than you, potentially by intelligence, because you're being ex ex you're excluding yep. other people for that, and or that 
their drive towards a certain adherence yeah. to rules. And so you have a need for orderliness. And it, But within that, you have the full range of narcissists versus various other um, yeah. personality types. Because if everyone thinks, oh, if you're in a cult, you're somehow sycophantic and you need to like, oh, come pledge to, the, yeah. to the, my dear and leader. And so the, it, the, the, right? the most but, powerful thing I hear you saying is this um, ideology that we're part of a superior group and the people who are not part yeah. of our group are idiots or are less than or are bad or something. And, and so it's, it, it's this us versus Absolutely. them thing similar to what we've been talking about. Oh, yeah. It, but it, except it's expressed, uh, I, I guess, just straight. It, it's very clear and oftentimes they have mantras if it's a meditation where they're they're meditating on this they're singing songs about it they're, they're writing books about it in in the case of of L. Ron Hubbard and and whatever like it, it, there's a whole bunch of books in that crew that no one has right that you you have to you can only see them if you're yeah. in the inner circle like the stuff that's leaked that leaks out like they don't allow that to to be observed. Like no one, no one who is listening to this will have read the works, the inner the inner secrecy right. stuff within Scientology. As mu- as much as people have leaked, they they don't really have. Like you're not allowed to take that the books. It would it's nothing fantastic going on there, but it's there's it's just yeah. that's the cloak of secrecy. Like the and the secret is that we have the great answer. We, we know if you're supposed yeah. to be vaccinated or not, and, yes. and you don't. And that's, that's what it comes down to fundamentally. And in each of these cases, you had strict adherence to this kind of a rule. And with that, you'd get a, an incredible crew of people. And, I, and I'm, as you know, I'm still really good friends with tons of people in, yep. in each of okay, those Okay, but circles. so an important difference between this, the cult phenomenon and what we see going on now, what we see going on now, there isn't this, um, there's not a charismatic leader, because Fauci's really not very charismatic. Yeah. Um, and there's not a secret thing. In fact, everyone in the pro-vax cult wants everyone to join their cult. And I think everyone in the anti-vax cult wants everyone yes. to join their cult. So there's not this exclusivity thing. Um, but there is a us versus them thing. And, and then I'm guessing... In the cult thing, there's a similar thing to the vaccination debate of like a righteous truth thing. That's probably similar in the cult. Yeah, well, they they like in these arguments that are happening right now, they're arguing that Trump is the the cult leader. Oh. They're arguing that there are even though there there may not be any um, reality to this that that's right. the that, claim that, that Trump is made. the cult leader. Uh, I can kind of see that, that one. But then who's the like pro-vax liberal cult leader? I don't because Biden is not leading that cult. No, I you're right. I can't find the one that we're supposed to point towards as the pro, <laughs> the pro-vax cult leader because certainly science has has fallen off its platform. It's like there's so many holes in just trying to even follow this definition of the phenomenon we're talking about. It's just it, we can't even we can't even agree on simple definitions. Like yeah. it's so strange. It's really strange to hear to hear these 
these scientists just fumbling around with the most fu- with the, the most basic. Here's my thing. thought about this: what you're saying. I th- there's a catch twenty two in there that I think is at the heart of why I don't think we're gonna resolve this easily or anytime soon because this catch twenty two. Okay, so science, like one of the most central principles of science is similar to this idea of informed consent. Science is supposed to question assumptions and continue to gather data. And if that dude did an experiment, I should replicate the experiment to see if I get it. And we should keep doing And the more you replicate experiments, the more you question assumptions, the more you um, look, doubt what that guy said and try to figure out for yourself, the better the science. So science is really on the side of, of debate, taking your time and slowly methodically working closer and closer to truth. That is like, that's central to science. Okay, but on the other hand, if there's a virus that's going to spread like rapid fire across the world and kill bazillion people, we can't do this slow, meticulous thing. So we have to do a different principle. And we have to quickly come to a conclusion and then quickly act. Like, for instance, let me just do a thing. If, If you and me are sitting in a room and a lion walks through the door... I'm going to I'm going to not be scientific about it. I'm going to rush and get the hell out of there. I'm not going to very slowly and carefully examine if the lion is dangerous or not or whatever. I'm going to rush to for safety. And and that's not a scientific thing. That's a practical thing, right? And and so that yep. the 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 catch 22 paradox that I'm talking about is is this situation we're in, does it require slow, careful scientific discernment or does it require practical emergency action? And if you believe one versus the other, they're, they're, they're like at odds and they, they, they kind of don't work together. They're like fundamentally have different assumptions and they can't really agree because they're not operating upon the same um, plane really. It doesn't seem obvious that they couldn't work together, though. Like, it doesn't, right? Because they're both going in a direction. They're just not the same direction. They're both seeking safety. It's just a different kind of safety. One's more immediate than Mm -hmm. one's more long-term. It's like, I see this with couples a lot where each of them are solving a different problem and they think that they're in conflict, but they're actually both helping the trajectory of their course. You're right, I do see that in couples therapy. And that must apply to this somehow. Yeah, I don't know how it does, but maybe we'll have to explore yep, that stop. later. 